Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. This is Perrin Desports, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an entrepreneurial dentist or physician and you're interested in building a successful group practice, you found your primary resource for some of the industry's best business education. My partner, DeWalker Sinha, and I have decades of experience helping people just like you launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast, one that we're talking about and contemplating partnerships, transactions versus transformations. Ooh, this might be a goodie in terms of comparing and contrasting solo versus group practice partnerships. You know it'll be another note-taking episode, so get your pad and pen ready through another cup of that wonderful meal of coffee. The Group Practice Accelerator podcast is on the air. Well, welcome everybody once again to the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. I am your host, Perrin Despert, as per usual, and I appreciate a little bit of your time today in joining me on this one because this is uh, yet another partnership associate equity, train of thought, contemplation here uh, that I wanted to dive into based on some of the conversations I've had recently uh, with current clients and prospective clients. And this is going to be a little bit of a tricky one to kind of slice and dice in a podcast format, but I'm going to do the best that I can. And this is really coming at things more from Uh, your mindset in building a group versus the associate mindset. I've talked a lot about um, associates recently and, and, you know, when they bring up the subject of partnership and things along those lines. uh, And Mark Flock and I dealt with some of that on a couple of the episodes recently as well. Um, But today, um, I want to really talk more and dig more into your mindset as an entrepreneur building a group practice. And I'm going to tell you why this is really important, um, both for you and the associate. Uh, This is not you in isolation here. So maybe the best way to to, uh, dig into this episode um, is that, you know, it's to start with a, a solo practice context, because I think whether we like it or not, this is still the mind, this is still a common mindset in the industry. And whether it's a legacy mindset that's, um, you know, part of the the senior segment of the population of dentists, uh, or if it's one that is just, you know, taught in dental schools, or if it's the way that a lot of attorneys, accountants, third-party advisors still kind of approach uh, group practices with this mindset, this sort of... uh, historical legacy mindset still pervades the industry. And that is one of the way partnerships are handled in a traditional solo practice. And it's a transactional structure by nature. All right. And, you know, that is, I really think that is because there are not uh, nearly enough people in the world of group practice dentistry that truly understand earned equity partnerships. I'll come out and say that. Obviously, we believe in them. And and that's one of the the calling cards, if you will, uh, of Polaris 
because we have different tools in the toolbox that um, are appropriate for different structures when and where they are needed. It's not a one size fits all. And we tend to, to really uh, dig in with the client to figure out what they're trying to achieve. That's not the norm. Most um, don't understand earned equity models, so they default to traditional models. And traditional models are buy-ins, all right, um, or deferred compensation holdbacks, but it's basically the same thing, right? Uh, it's capital interest percentage ownership uh, in a practice or a DSO, um, you know, and and that is what it is. So from that perspective, the challenge we get into is that when somebody is buying into a business, be it in a traditional methodology of, hey, senior doctor, I want to be your 50-50 partner. I'll take on a loan from you know, any established bank uh, payable to you and, and the proceeds of which equate to 50% of the business. And now we're 50-50 partners. That's a transaction. It's a finite point in time. It's an established um, uh, methodology for the current valuation of the business, and that transaction satisfies the ownership uh, partnership arrangement, 50-50 or whatever the number is, right? All right, so you, as the, as the founder of the business, the owner of the business, the person that took all the risk um, in the outright owner or senior partner or something, that that is the buy-in, it is consummated, it is done, uh, and it is usually done, at least in a solo practice, with the intent that the new 50% partner, the uh, the junior associate, uh, is going to buy out the remaining 50% at some usually predetermined or not too distant point in time, right? So, that type of a buy-in is used to often complete uh, a transition. It's a transaction that completes a transition. And for that reason, everything is known. It's kind of fixed. Um, it's not fluid. It's predetermined. And it's usually shorter term in duration. There's nothing wrong with any of that in a solo practice. Sometimes it's okay in a group practice, but the challenge when you're building a group practice is that usually the group practice that you're building has a lot of upward trajectory. And what I mean by that is you may right now be at four locations, but your desire might be to get to 10 locations or 20 locations or you know a lot larger business you in a group practice your business is a business in motion when i say in motion i'm talking about in terms of growth and improving profitability and certainly improving valuation it's a fluid scenario and when an associate buys in to the business you want to you want to understand a lot of context around how much of it you're uh, you're selling to them, what that means in terms of their ownership percentage and and uh, for any personal guarantee on future debt, the risks that you've taken to get there, valuation context, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot to it that we we've talked about in other podcasts. I'm not going to spend as much time on that today, but 
if you are allowing them to buy in, you may be allowing them to buy in um, at a discount on today's value relative to what you're building into the future. They'll be the beneficiary of that, but you might not want to part with too much too early and too soon. So when we think about building a group practice, it is a business in motion. Hopefully, upward trajectory is the motion, improving in valuation and everything. And as we think about it in those terms, as you contemplate bringing people into the ownership structure, yours is not a transaction mentality the way it is in a solo practice, or at least it should not be the way we think about things. It is really more a forward-looking consideration for where is the business now? What, what do you see happening in the next five to 10 years? And what are, what are your outcome expectations usually at the end of that period, five to 10 to 20 years? It is not a simple conversation. And far too many of you are not really giving that conversation, at least in your mind, the due that it deserves. And, and the reason that that's so important is that when we think about a group practice and we think about growing the footprint and improving the valuation of it, hopefully that's something that uh, improves over time and improves relatively dramatically in your favor, meaning it gets more um, uh, valuable over time. As that happens, it affords you the ability to bring in other partners, not just the one that you're, uh, not just the one associate or two associates you're talking about today, but usually more down the road. So your ownership percentage may be um, uh, evolving from a standpoint of going from 100% owner down to 80%, 75%, 70%, or even something less than that. The reason that you do it is because you create stability in the organization and that helps you improve value and valuation over that period of time. So you end up owning a slightly smaller piece of a much larger pie. You've heard me say that multiple times. That's where you want to end up. So when we start talking with people about designing partnership solutions and they say, well, you know, what's the answer? Well, it's kind of hard to say because you know, if you point blank me with that, I don't know what the value of your business is right now in terms of valuation context. I don't know the growth rates of your business. I don't know any areas of low hanging fruit in terms of expense reduction or revenue generation that we could generate to improve the valuation. I don't know about additional capacity that you may be able to bring online in terms of days and hours or, you know, maybe some additional treatment rooms. I don't know about expanding of the footprint in terms of de novos or acquisitions that you're going to make. And I don't know how many of those you're going to do per year over the next five to 10 years. Hey, it's Perrin. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to learn more in depth about partnerships and associates, be sure to download our white paper called Creating Sustainable Success in Attracting and Retaining Associates. And if you want to learn more granular detail, about buy-in and earn-in structures, as well as the legal aspects required to facilitate all of it, you should join us in Scottsdale on October 11th through 13th for our Scaling from Clinician to CEO Summit, because there'll be three different presentations dealing with all of that. 
and you'll have access to some incredibly bright minds over those three days. I'll drop a link in the show note for both the white paper and the registration for the conference to make it easy on you. Now, back to the show. When you're building a group practice, there is a lot more to consider about the business being in motion. And we try to pre-qualify all of that and dig through much of it with the clients we work with. And certainly we try to model all of that out. And when we model all of that out over the next five to 10 years, especially five years, it's tough to do that really over 10, but certainly in terms of five years, now we start to understand how the business in, in the business that is in motion evolves, improves, and increases in value over that period of time. This is a much greater outcome for both you and your potential associates, whether you're going to have them buy in or whether you're going to have them earn in or a hybrid of both. All right. And this is the key mindset shift that you really need to make if you are going to be a true entrepreneur and if you're going to bring more people into the ownership structure. The transactional mentality that has been the historical precedent in dentistry is still fine in a traditional solo practice context because the transaction facilitates the senior dentist his or her transition. Okay. The transaction facilitates their transition. When I say transition, I mean their exit of the profession. All right. That makes a lot of sense because a, a dental practice has a finite capacity. It's only got so many treatment rooms. It's only got so many days uh, of the week, so many hours per day to, to get all the potential uh, dentistry taken care of and, and the production collections of the business, right? It's basically a finite ecosystem. And for that reason, a buy-in structure uh, in a traditional you know, four to six operatory type of a, a practice, uh, that that traditional type of buy-in methodology is appropriate. And it that transaction facilitates uh, the senior dentist ultimate transition over a shorter period of time in terms of segueing out of the profession and retirement. Totally appropriate. Not appropriate, not um, uh, in my estimation, at least, it does not uh, apply nearly as well in a growing group practice because a group practice is a business in motion that is much more dynamic and it evolves much more substantially over the same period of time as that solo practice would. So these are the things we want to dig into from a mindset with our prospective clients. And then once we're able to do the financial modeling and get really behind their growth assumptions, their mindsets and, and everything that they intend to do with the business over the next five to 10 years or whatever period of time, then we can devise the solution that's the right tool in the toolbox for both them and their prospective associates. But it is a much more challenging uh, construct to do that and do it appropriately and create a win-win scenario that rewards you for the risk that you've taken and the value that you've created up to now and is also going to reward you for the value that you're going to create in the business with their help over the next five to 10 years. If we do that correctly, then we create an outcome that is, again, mutually beneficial and rewarding for all parties, whether you intend to sell the business 
operate the business indefinitely or create an internal sale opportunity where your associates buy you out and maintain control of the business at the end of that whatever period of time it is. So this is a different way to contemplate partnerships. And the reason I felt this was important today to go through is because we're, I, you know, partnerships and associate equity are probably the most frequent call that I take, that Mark and I take uh, in our business. It's the biggest need. It's a unique solution that we provide, um, but it's one that I feel like every time we take a call or, or go down this road with somebody, they're coming at it with a I'm just going to call it a traditional mindset. And that's whether they're a dentist, a you know, a group practice founder in their mid-50s or somebody even in their late 20s to mid-30s. The the problem of the industry is that traditional partnerships are still what's taught in dental school and it's still what's perpetuated by too many accounting firms, law firms and third-party advisors because that's the only methodology that they know. And I, I don't think that's the right mindset for you to come into as you're building your group because it is a business in motion and it makes a transactional buy-in structure, um, you know, maybe not the best tool in the toolbox for you. So I, I hope this is maybe challenging some of your assumptions, and I hope it's also giving you something to think about as you contemplate um, bringing partners into your business, creating stability and, and mutually beneficial outcomes. Certainly, if you've got questions about any of that, feel free to drop me a line at Perrin at PolarisHealthcarePartners.com, or you can book a meeting with me or Mark Flock off of our website and happy to dig into your situation more. Stick around. I'll be back with some additional thoughts and to wrap up the show. Once again, thanks everybody for joining me on the podcast today. Um, I hope I'm challenging some of your assumptions and really getting you to to be more forward thinking. Um, you know, in terms of these more recent episodes, as it relates to you know attracting, motivating, and certainly retaining associates. Um, as we wrap up today's show, um, I, I'm going to ask a favor of all of you. I don't do this too terribly often. Uh, of, of, for those of you in the audience, but here's the favor I'm going to ask. Um, we get so many nice ratings about our podcast, five-star ratings. I get so many nice compliments about the podcast from so many of you that I get to interact with. Um, and you know, I enjoy doing them honestly. And I, I'm glad to know that we're providing some level of value, business education, and, and getting you to think about things a, a little bit differently. Uh, you know, how we grow our network um, and our audience is typically through word of mouth and and the advocacy of our fans and our followers, honestly. And that's the best way to grow a business. It would be like you building your your uh, your group practice all off of word of mouth referrals. There's a high level of trust when you do that correctly. But man, it's a hard uh, way to scale a business, right? So we suffer the same challenges that you do. You can't build a you can't build a group practice only off of patient to patient referrals. You've got to build your group practice um, more off of uh, marketing initiatives that don't have the level of trust that a referral does. Um, but it you know is ultimately probably more scalable in terms of uh, marketing execution. Ours is the same way. We're just building a different business than you. But here's what I'm going to ask of all of you. 
I'm going to ask that you take a second and share our show with one of your colleagues. Um, that is the best way for us to grow our audience and to grow our network. And I would be very grateful if you would do that. If you're listening on any of the the podcast platforms like you know uh, Apple Podcast, you know TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, they probably all operate the same way. But it, when you're listening to something off of your your phone, particularly, you can typically share the show as you're listening to that episode. Uh, and in in Apple uh, Podcast, it's usually the um, uh, they're like there's a button on the upper right or that has like three dots to it when you click on that you can delete the episode um and then you can also scroll down and it says share episode and you can text it to a friend um or email it to a friend say hey you know this was a good episode from the guys at polaris thought you might find it interesting I follow their show and they put out a lot of good content or something along those lines but if you would as you're fin- as we're finishing up this episode if you're looking at your phone if at least if it's on apple the and you're on the the tile with the uh, episode that you're listening to now in the upper right hand corner there's the little round circle with the three dots on it if you press that button one of the options you have is share episode if you hit share episode then you can text it to somebody email it to somebody or a group of people and that is the way we grow our audience and I'm putting out a, a call, a clarion call <laughs> for that, um, because we are in a drive to to grow um, our our followers, our audience, um, our you know our subscribers, if you will. And your advocacy in doing that uh, is the best way for us to grow our network. And we are really grateful for the compliments we get, and it keeps us going to keep you know putting out quality content that hopefully you'll continue to appreciate. So. I, I appreciate you being willing to do that, being advocates for us um, and, and help us grow our business the way we try to help you grow your business through content and education and the resources that you need uh, to ultimately build and, and operate a better group practice. And I thank you for being in the audience and I certainly appreciate you being advocates for us. We will look forward to seeing you on the next episode. <music>